0: Welcome to The Beauty Scientist with Dr. Christy Hamilton and Dr. Roy Kim. Real beauty without the hype. Welcome to The Beauty Scientist. I'm Dr. Christy Hamilton, board certified plastic surgeon here with my colleague and other board certified plastic surgeon, Dr. Roy Kim. How are you doing today, Dr. Kim?
1: I'm good. How are you doing?
0: Great, we're excited about our next episode. So this one is rhinoplasty reshaping perceptions, one nose at a time. So rhinoplasty comes from the term rhino meaning nose and plasty meaning to shape or to mold. So we're going to literally be discussing different ways to shape or mold the nose, both surgically and non-surgically. And it's it's one of the older operations in plastic surgery. Um, And what I love about rhinoplasty surgery is that it covers both cosmetic as well as functional uh, components. So meaning the breathing aspect of the nose. So it's not only beauty, it also has to work well. And so we're going to discuss what rhinoplasty is, what it looks like in consultation and how we analyze the nose, surgery itself and recovery, uh, and all the considerations you should be thinking about if you're pursuing this operation sometime in the future. Um, so Dr. Kim, what does a typical rhinoplasty look for you? What are the different techniques that you might use? Um, and can you go over just on a basic level, just surgical versus non-surgical, what that might look like and who might benefit from a one versus the other?
1: I think the... Most patients really think of either size or shape or both. So to be a candidate for non-surgical rhinoplasty, it is difficult to make a large nose a lot smaller. We can actually mask it or camouflage it and make it look a little smoother. And we can affect the shape non-surgically, but maybe not that much, not as much as surgery. So that's what really patients think about, as well as sometimes patients have a hard time noticing their profile. In other words, they know that the bump of their nose or the overall profile or their chin, nose, and forehead profile bothers them, but they can really only see that if someone takes a photo of the side of their head. So it's important to educate patients on looking at the front of their face, an angled view of the face, but something that's sort of impossible for a human being to look at the side of their face. And that's how I really approach how um, patients think about their nose holistically look at it in the middle of their face or not. And we go from there.
0: So I I agree. And and the way that I um, broached the, the topics of surgical versus non-surgical with my patients is the non-surgical, you really can get a refinement on the nose that you already have. Um, and specifically, I think there's three components of it. I was like, if you have a little bump, a little one, you can camouflage that. If your nose is slightly downward pointing, you can camouflage that. And then if you want a little bit more tip refinement, you can create that. Um, But at the end of the day, we can't transform your nose non-surgically, but we can make it more pleasing and maybe more harmonious with the rest of your face. Uh, if we truly need a transformation big big hump we really want to make it significantly smaller at the tip for example then we really ought to consider um surgical approaches and that for me is performed under general anesthesia um i mainly do open rhinoplasty which means a little incision here um, in the center of the nose this part's called the columella Unless I'm doing a more subtle refinement, then you can do it closed with only incisions on the inside of the nose. And those are the basic components. When we're doing surgical rhinoplasty, we of course wanna consider the cosmetic cosmetic elements, whether the most important components um, to the patient, whether it's like shaving down the bridge, narrowing the nose, creating a smaller lifted tip, maybe narrowing the nostrils, um, and also consider Do they have a deviated septum? Um, Do they have airway issues? We want to make sure that the nose is both beautiful and also functions for the patient. Um, So, Dr. Kim, when you're analyzing the nose, the patient comes in during the consultation. Um, How do you analyze it? Um, What questions do you ask the patient?
1: There are a lot of questions because, as you know, it's a very holistic approach. First thing is literally your medical or surgical history. In other words, we need to know, have you had trauma? You have a history of allergies, do you have sinus issues, and more. Because rhinoplasty, as you mentioned, is functional as well as cosmetic. Then, of course, just like our mentor Dr. Rorick says, there are usually three major things that I think patients want with their nose. We as plastic surgeons may notice two things or 10 things or whatever, but patients typically have three major things, and we have to address those three major things. Finally, the um, Patients may not fully realize that, but we know this, there are issues with the bone. There's issues with the cartilage. There's issues with the upper middle and lower portions of the nose. There are issues with what you want the tip to look like, as well as multiple angles. How do you want your nose to look at like from the front, from an angle, from the side? And we have to take all of that into consideration. So it's pretty complicated because there are a lot of questions and a lot of anatomic structures we need to think about to give the best results. So, how do you approach it?
0: I completely agree. I think we want we want to know everything about um, the nose, anything that might have happened, trauma, like you said, is really important. Anything that would impact breathing. Um, so I asked similar questions from that component. I think the top asking the top three. So there's so many elements. I mean, it's like a 20-step like physical exam analysis of the nose for us to look at it. But you know, we may see things that the patients like never noticed and doesn't really bother them. So really getting in the mind of the patient and asking them what their major concerns are is important. And then I also like, um, and I and I like this more for the profile than for the center. But I like to do a little bit of photo editing too, because most people want, you know, if there's a bum, most people want that gone. But then there's like degrees of rotation of the tip. And I call it like some patients I want, they want like a little bit more of a modern straighter nose. Then there's like a the little bit of a ski slope. And then there's full on Disney princess. <laughs> uh-huh. I think mo- most of my patients probably want something um, in the middle, but it's helpful to do a little bit of um, you know, Photoshop, um, or similar software so that they can see that on their own face. And that gives me a sense of, um, putting into, you know, an image, these descriptions that they're, that they're giving us. Um, and then we'll also talk about nostril position too, especially if we're making a nose smaller or setting it back that can lead to some, rounding of the nostrils. We want to make sure that we address those at the end of the operation too. Do you, do you do any, um, imaging or photo editing?
1: Yes, I do use Photoshop as you do. And also I ask patients for inspiration photos, which really helps guide me. In other words, is a patient being realistic? Do they want a realistic nose? Do they want a really, really refined tip. So it just, depends on the patient.
0: Yes, and they, and they love sharing um, filtered photos too. And I like those as well, because I think if it's a conservative filter, I think that's very realistic, because something that's achievable. Um, and if they have a very cartoonish, outlandish filter, then maybe we need to sit down and talk about that a little bit more. <laughs> Make sure that we're on the same page and everything about plastic surgery and aesthetics is ensuring that we're delivering what the patient wants. And so that's why we really wanna get into their mindset. So what's the best way, if you're a patient having rhinoplasty, how would you prepare for surgery itself? Anything you would do or anything you would avoid?
1: I think the big things are sort of 90% of all surgery. In other words, get your room ready. Make sure that you're not taking anything that thins out your blood, such as aspirin or other blood thinners or anti-blood clot medications. Get clearance from your doctor if needed. The other thing is to make sure that you as a patient are prepared to do anything and everything to reduce swelling. Because as plastic surgeons, we know that the nose stays swollen for up to a year, sometimes longer with revision cases. Patients with thicker skin, sometimes you can't see the tip as well until all the swelling's gone. And yes, as plastic surgeons, we always say this and tell patients this. However, I think that patients don't fully realize we're literally saying this. It's on the informed consent. And patients still ask me, like a month later, hey, I don't see the tip that well, or I don't see a lot of difference. I do see a difference, but it's not as maximal as I wanted. It depends on your body. It depends on your ethnicity. It depends on what was done. And we just need to get rid of the swelling.
0: Yes. And we see that swelling come down top to bottom and where everyone wants to see it the most is at the tip yep. <laughs> typically and that takes the longest of all so they give you pull plastic surgeons across the board they're going to tell you surgical healing for the nose takes a year even a year and a half you keep on seeing refinements and changes coming in so obviously there'll be a, a big difference a lot to see um in those early weeks and months, but you're really not going to see that the the true sculptural aspect of the nose until closer to a year. And so patience, patience is key. And I completely agree with you. It's just like with body liposuction or anything else, the faster we can get that swelling down, the happier the patient's going to be, um, the less scar tissue that's going to form. We want to make sure that we, um, mitigate that. So, I agree. Afterwards, I think we're doing all the swelling management. Um, I think we both like to tape the noses, put casts on and splints where appropriate. Um, I counsel patients, especially if we're going to break the nose bones, they may get those little raccoon eyes afterwards with some, some bruising and some swelling. And we do give medications and surgery to help keep that bruising and swelling to a minimum. Head of bed elevations really important and a little bit of patience in that first week. And I think patients feel like they've had a really bad sinus headache those first three or four days. And then when we get the splints out of the nose, take off the cast and they actually see the nose too, um, a week later, then we're typically feeling a lot better at that point. Do you have any plastic surgery secrets for smooth recovery?
1: Um, I guess the other secret is patients need to understand that the outside of the nose is swollen, so is the inside. So we both know this, Dr. Hamilton. It's just that patients don't fully realize, again, the inside of the nose is swollen. It may be hard to breathe. You shouldn't really blow your nose really hard after surgery, you want to gently clean it. And that seems to heal up a little faster, the swelling goes down more quickly. But for the first week or so after surgery, it may be difficult to actually fully breathe through your nose because of that swelling. And anything to help reduce the internal swelling, the mucosal swelling is also definitely recommended.
0: One of the one of the changes I added uh, in my practice in the last few years is I continue to tape the noses afterwards. I used to take everything off, take the cast off, the splints out, and off they go. Now I I like to tape them um, for a couple of weeks after surgery or as long as the patient will tolerate. Um, and I think of it as like a little compression garment for the nose. We can't put we can't put someone in a full full face compression suit, but we can um, do some taping. So I think it's similar to why after body liposuction, we put people in compression garments. I, I like to do that for the nose too. And I think that's, that's helped. So
1: I just wish, down. I agree. And I just wish I could have all of my rhinoplasty patients wear some sort of tape or compression for a month or two or three months after their surgery. It's sort of impossible because the nose is in the middle of your face. That's the issue.
0: Yeah, yeah. I had a couple of patients that they kind of, they, they, they almost like viewed it as like a, it was like a badge of honor, like cool that they got their nose done. And so they, they like, they wore their tape for like six or eight weeks after surgery. And I really like, they had so much less swelling than some other patients. So I think, uh, I think, I think it does help. And then moving on to our uh, next topic, which is just like risks and considerations. So, um, of course we know choose a board certified plastic surgeon choose someone who does rhinoplasty um and then also make sure that there's someone that does your kind of rhinoplasty one thing we haven't talked about is like there's all different kinds there's uh, various kinds of like ethnic rhinoplasty asian noses african american noses persian noses turkish noses like like caucasian noses and there's within those categories, which are very, very broad, so, so many um, unique considerations for each nose. I think that's really important to make sure that your, your surgeon is familiar with the type of rhinoplasty you might need. What do you think?
1: I totally agree. And essentially, if you have a bump on your nose, that's great. But what's the bump made out of? How big is it? How wide is it? You want to refine it. Likewise, some certain ethnicities, and even in some patients, your nose is a little flat. Here at the dorsum, you want to build it up. Well, how much do you want to build it up? How do you want to build it up? Do you have extra cartilage around? So it's not just the technical nerdy details that we both like. It's also something that's congruent with your overall face and your ethnicity. There's also a difference between men and women, obviously. Women typically can get away with a more narrow nose. It's okay for men to have a slightly more prominent nose, um, maybe even a slight bump on their profile or more prominent profile and even a slightly wider nose at the base. So all those things are very important considerations for your choice of plastic surgeon, as well as what you want as your final result. And of course it's always best, you know, if you can get everything done or virtually everything that you want on the first try, because revision rhinoplasty is a completely different topic and can be difficult to do.
0: Yeah, every time you have to go back in and do re- revisional surgery, it's harder. Um, you're working through scar tissue; everything's more difficult, um, and then you you never quite know what you're going to encounter. So, when I'm doing revision rhinoplasty, I always have extra material available. The patient's consented for cartilage grafts, um, maybe off-the-shelf graft, because you just you just don't know what you're going to find, um, even if you have the operative report. So you have to be prepared for that. Um, So ideally choose your surgeon wisely um, so you can get your nose right the first time.
1: Absolutely.
0: Uh, And then one of, of, I actually, I really like this topic too, um, just the psychological impact of rhinoplasty. I feel like obviously there's a big psychological impact with any plastic surgery, whether it's like breast augmentation for body confidence or facelifting to feel like, you know, as youthful on the outside as you are on the inside. What do you notice about your rhinoplasty patients in terms of like how they feel emotionally after surgery?
1: I think we both know the most important thing is to pick patients properly, as well as pick the correct treatment plan. And we've already told patients, Hey, pick your rhinoplasty surgeon pretty carefully as well. The nose is in the middle of your face. Our eyes as humans are drawn into the middle of the face, really the triangle of your eyes, your mouth, and the nose, which is in between. So it's so important. To have a nose, again, that's holistically in proportion to your face, that is aesthetically pleasing in terms of the size, width, profile, tip, rotation, everything to your face. So the psychological component of just having a more straight nose, the ability to breathe better, as well as the tip that you've always wanted, I mean, that's very, very powerful. Patients love it. And since it's on their face, they see it all the time. I also think that the flip side is also true, where if you have a patient who may be a little OCD, if you have to as a to a plastic surgeon or even to the average person, a minor discrepancy, but if you're really fixating on that, the problem or issue is, since you're always looking at your face in the mirror once in a while, you may fix on it a little fixate it on on that really minor thing a little too much for your overall mental health. So it's important to patients to really, you know, really focus on, am I being a little OCD about this? Or can I live with like a one millimeter offset? And as long as patients understand that, hey, everybody's asymmetric, plastic surgeons can explain that in detail, I think that's really the key to having a happy overall result.
0: I agree. And I think, I mean, to your point exactly, this is not even your body, which is generally covered in clothing like a normal day-to-day going on. This is your nose right in the center of your face. Um, One of the things I love is doing a rhinoplasty reveal at the one-week visit when they come back and get all the sutures out and all the the cast off. And I mean, patients like, well, they'll cry like happy tears all the time. It's like, it's a very powerful um, moment. And there's all sorts of thoughts. I hear like, like patients will be like, it's me, but like, it's different. Like I, like I still look like myself, but like, but I also look like a different person. And especially depending on how significant the transformation is, sometimes even that can be a little bit jarring. Like they may have gotten exactly the nose that they wanted, but it's like, can be just a lot to wrap your head around when you look in the mirror and you see someone that, you know, doesn't look the same anymore. So I think it's, I agree with you hundred percent on like patient selection and just making sure that people are, they're emotionally prepared, they're mentally prepared, psychologically prepared, not just um, physically prepared alone um, from a health perspective to undergo the operation. Um, but I think it's, uh, it's a it's a wonderful surgery and I, I love to perform it. Any, any final thoughts, Dr. Kim, you'd like to add on this topic?
1: On this topic, uh, not really any final thoughts, just to let the viewers and listeners know. This is sort of a large picture introduction to rhinoplasty. We haven't even gone into the nerdy details about how to do a lot of this, the procedure, as well as even the general pr- principles of okay, you have a prominent profile. What exactly does that mean? Um, you have a wide tip, what we call a bulbous tip. Exactly how do you refine it? Things of that nature where we can probably do another discussion about this and just to have the patients aware that, hey, if you as a patient sort of have a game plan of two, three things that you want done, that's great because you can work with your plastic surgeon, and come up with the best treatment plan for you and definitely choose your rhinoplasty surgeon very, very carefully.
0: So let us know. Um, subscribe to the the podcast. Uh, leave comments. Um, if you want us to talk about kind of the, the traditional reductive rhinoplasty and how we do that versus more of like an augmentation rhinoplasty, for which we often do with Asian and African-American noses, all different kinds, just let us know in the comments. We'll be watching. And as always, stay beautiful.
1: Great discussion as always, Dr. Hamilton, and definitely stay beautiful.
0: Thank you for joining us on The Beauty Scientist, be sure to visit thebeautyscientist.com and learn more about modern beauty and connect with Dr. Hamilton and Dr. Kim.